0: Hello, this is Scott Pierce with the American College of Radiology, and I am joined today by Dr. Rich Duzak, Professor and Vice Chair of Health Policy and Practice in the Department of Radiology and Imaging Sciences at Emory University School of Medicine, and Dr. Danny Hughes, Senior Director of Health Policy Research at the Neiman Health Policy Institute. Thank you both both for joining me today. And today we're talking about bundled payments, and we're hearing a lot more about bundled payments as a popular alternative payment model, but many radiologists probably don't know a lot about this new payment method. So if you can just kind of go into some detail, what are bundled payments and how do they fit into the whole transition from volume to value-based care?
1: Well, bundled payments fundamentally represent really episodic payments, receiving single payments that cover all of the services associated with an individual patient episode of care. However, there's a wide variety of ways you can actually implement bundled payments. For example, the vast majority of bundled payments are really what you can think of as virtual bundles where all of the services are being performed as they're already performed, and billing occurs as it's currently performed under fee-for-service. But ultimately, at the end of the year, the episodes are aggregated by the payer, and they compare those to benchmarks to determine whether we have exceeded or um, gone underneath the costs, you know, the benchmark uh, amounts for those episodes. And that will generate either incentives and savings or penalties that have to be reconciled other bundled payments, the one which, in fact, most of the academic press has spent time worrying about, as are really true bundles where you receive a single flat fee in advance or as you're billing for the episode that covers all of the services. And in that world, the providers share all of the risk but also retain all of the savings. So it's up to the integrated organization of all of the providers in that episode to decide how they're going to provide those services and to do so in a way that ensures that they're not... Uh, generating uh, tremendous losses and to incentivize uh, the appropriate use of uh, utilization of services to achieve, uh, to ensure that they achieve savings or at least um, meet the cost thresholds for those funded payments.
2: So I, I think Danny has a um, great insight into that from the health economist approach from the um, practicing radiologist perspective um, you know a lot of this terminology is very new and so I always like to iterate to radiologists that right now we get paid Um, on a per-click basis in a volume-based world. If I interpret 10 chest radiographs, I get paid, assuming the payers pay, of course, um, and that's a whole separate podcast perhaps for the future, um, 10 times X dollars for that service. Um, Whether that really contributed to the value of that patient's care or not. And I think most of us have experienced, at least at some points in our lives, for some of us more frequently than others, that there are things that we interpret, things that we're being asked to do, that we may question the incremental value of that service to the patient's episode of care. So the value-based payments really is a changed paradigm towards that. Um, If you think about value, defining it in a simplistic way, it's quality divided by cost. The more quality we provide per unit of cost, the more value that we provide in our service services. And so what does that mean for the practicing radiologist? I think if we effectively move into a robust value-based world, and we are not there yet, but once we get to that point, there's going to be conversations about the appropriateness of individual services, which will allow us to be meaningful participants um, with uh regard to providing the most value-based care for our patients to our referring docs and to our health systems. And so what bundle payments really are is a way of paying us in a manner that incentivizes that, rather than paying us per click, you know, how many chest x-rays can I crank out today or during this patient's admission, you know, how do I make during an inpatient episode for coronary artery bypass surgery, for example, the imaging to be used as most judiciously as possible and in a most impactful way as possible. So that means we're going to need good quality metrics, but also good cost metrics, and then if we're successful in in doing well under that model, our practices will enjoy some of the um, additional dollars that come through with that. And if we're not successful, then we share in some of the financial penalties.
0: Gotcha. So, we know that bundle payments are one way physicians are going to be paid in the future. And you talked about this fact that it's going to incentivize a drive towards more value-based care and what the episode of value that a radiologist brings within the patient's total care. So, why should radiologists really care about bundle payments, or more appropriately, how are the bundle payments going to affect radiologists in the future specifically?
2: So I think following up on my prior comments, I think this is gonna require a change in the paradigm of how radiologists think about their role in the healthcare delivery system. I think right now, um, and historically, a lot of our colleagues have viewed themselves as the um, recipients of a request to interpret an examination in a relatively passive way. You know, Dr. X has ordered this study. My job is to make sure it gets done and to issue high quality and timely report moving forward. And again, that has worked under the incentives of fee-for-service where we've been paid in a um, volume-based world. In a value-based world, again, we're gonna need to be thinking about how we make our role as radiologists engage in every step of the imaging value chain. So how do we get more engaged at the time the patient is coming to the referring physician? when that referring physician is making the decision about imaging, and so this really starts bringing in a lot of topics that are going on right now, decision support tools that are out there. You know, We've got a quote, decision support mechanism that a lot of um, radiology benefits managers have um, put forth, which means that the referring physician and the patient in an encounter together should be making a decision about proceeding with imaging, and then four days later when it's really convenient, when the, you know, some 1-800 number nurse says yes or no That's appropriate there. That really doesn't contribute to the value of that care. You know, in a decision support environment, for example, that physician will be. Requesting the study at the time the patient's there. If the score is appropriate, that's great. If it's not, that's the opportunity for us as radiologists to get engaged in a telephone conversation, a video chat with the patient, ideally with the patient there, with the referring physician, and collectively make a decision. So am I, the technology is clearly not there to allow us to do that, but that's how we need to be thinking about moving ourselves forward under this, and it really is going to be a cultural paradigm shift that's going to take a long time, um, but I think the people that will be successful under these new models are the ones who are starting to think about these things today.
1: And if I could add to that, I think one important component is, I mean, many radiologists right now say we are serving that role. We're working with our providers to try to ensure that we have the right image for the right patient at the right time. The American College of Radiology's Imaging 3.0 program initiative is dedicated to trying to reveal the role that radiologists can have working with providers. But at the same time, when you speak to many radiologists and practice, they'll say, we're trying our best to work with providers to ensure that we're having the right images. But sometimes they simply want the image they ordered, and that beca- causes uh, considerable other uh, delays and other problems in terms of managing that relationship. Once you've got a bundled payment environment, all the providers are incentivized to ensure you have the most appropriate care as opposed to just running for a shotgun of tests potentially, um, or uh, perhaps potentially a running with a test where perhaps contrast versus non-contrast might be the appropriate way to go. But at the same time, instead of having to be delays and frictions, with trying to have the appropriate test, everyone's incentivized to ensure we have the appropriate test under funding payments.
0: So in terms of that, What are some of the steps that radiologists can take to help influence the shape of what these payments models are are going to be and the shape of the the value paradigm that is going to be there? Because I know the radiologists want to be able to uh, and should be able to firmly plant the flag in the ground and say this is the value that we bring and we want it to be appropriate and reflected within the the bundle, that part of the bundle that we're given. So uh, what are some of the steps that radiologists can take now to prepare for that bundle but also to influence uh, what that shape may take in the future?
2: One of my favorite quotes at leadership talks and that I see in social media is uh, the best way to predict the future is to create the future. Um, and so I, I think that this is this is daunting. Uh, we don't know where this is going, but I think that's also an amazing opportunity for radiologists who really want to be successful under these models. Um, you know, I, I'll put in some shameless plugs for a lot of the work that we've done at the Neiman Institute with regard to a lot of our bundle payment tools. Um, Danny and his team have done some amazing work. Putting together a bunch of b- benchmarking tools through the Neiman Allman Act that allow um, a prediction of um, bundle payments under comprehensive joint um, replacement model. Um, we're working on some tools right now um, to help uh, practices model out what a prospective um, or potentially retrospective bundle would be for um, screening mammography in an episodic model. And so I would encourage radiologists to take a look at those and use them not as the end all and the be all. But to start using those as an opportunity to engage their health systems, to engage their hospital leadership, to engage their uh, insurance companies in their markets. And it may be one or all three or maybe even other parties there because each of our markets are different there. The key piece here, I think, to be successful, to be prepared under these models is to really get a seat at the table now, you know, get on the bus before that bus pulls away from the station because once it gets moving in your community, you know, if you're in a market where there's three or four radiology practices and one group is taking charge, that group is going to have profound influence over how the radiology value-based bundles get carved out in your communities, uh, achieving your local standards, and the best way to do that is to figure out what works within your community. That works for all of us at the national level as well, because nobody has the right answer as to the perfect way to do this, and I think those of us who are thinking a lot about this are looking to our colleagues, we're sharing our experiences with other people, and, you know, looking at a lot of different centers as test tubes of innovation here, Uh, and so ultimately the specialty benefits um, by more people um, uh, participating in some pilot uh, Uh, experiences as early and as frequently as possible.
1: And again, at the same time, as Rich says, really fundamentally knowledge is power in this case. You wanna be proactive, be engaged, rather than be the practice that waits until the hospital approaches you and says, would you like to participate in this bundle? Because again, for bundles such as the mandated CJR program, currently the hospital is the only person with risk on the table. So of course they're reaching out the practices to find ways to manage that risk. But what is the right way to engage? take advantage of looking at data, take advantage of uh, database tools that the Neiman Institute has produced, such as the uh, inpatient cost evaluation tool, which provides benchmark data, national benchmarks, not just of imaging cost, but part A cost as well for the hospital, a total part B for all the physicians in the episode. So you can be seen as the provider really providing value for what these benchmarks are for all of the components in the episodes and understand when it makes sense and exactly how it makes sense for you to participate.
0: So I think that also brings up the question that uh, a lot of radiologists want to know is exactly when these bundled payment models are going to start taking effect. Is there any idea on that, or is it still kind of up in the air?
1: Well, quite frankly, bundled payments are already in effect. If, if you're in one of the 67 markets where the uh, CJR, the Comprehensive Joint Replacement Program, is in place, it's mandatory. Everyone, every joint replacement occurring in those markets are already being uh, paid for under bundled payments. So the degree to which the radiology practice is directly participating in those bundled payments depends on whether they're just passively performing the fever service and the hospital's managing the risk or whether they're working closely with the hospital to determine how they can work to manage utilization, ensure appropriate high quality care, and actually participate in that bundled program. At the same time, um, CMS, uh, uh, finally issued a directive to expand this to cardiac bundles in the next year. We'll have to see if that stands up after the new administration comes into place. but there's also a wide variety of other bundle uh, programs like the BPCI uh, program that uh, CMS uh, put forth that allowed providers to bundle up to 48 different DRGs, and there are many practices participating in those bundles as well. Now when will this become a comprehensive mandatory program that spans, a wide range of potential conditions, both uh, acute, post-acute, inpatient, outpatient, et cetera. Uh, We'll have to see how that evolves, but they're already in effect, and so many radiologists are already participating, whether they're aware or not.
2: And, And I'll reiterate that point. I frequently get questions from colleagues across the country, you know, when will bundle payments come and impact me? And I always stop and correct the question, saying, you're asking the wrong question. When did bundle payments go into effect? At least with regard to the comprehensive joint replacement bundle, it was last year in 2016 that they went in and a lot of radiologists are practicing in markets, 67 markets as Danny indicated, across the country um, where this is already in place. is it impacting radiologists payments, and a lot of them know because, as he indicated, the hospitals are assuming the risk, but I look at this again as a huge opportunity for those radiologists who are in those markets to approach their hospital administrators there 's a lot of hospital administrators you know sort of the middle level management that oversee imaging services that don 't even know that their hospital is impacted by these bundles, and so I think this is an opportunity to say hey i can 't fix this whole bundle for you, but let 's work together and look at the imaging utilization piece of that and again the Tools under the ICE T app on the NEMA policy website, you can look up DRG 469, DRG 470, the two DRGs. That are impacted, you know, immediately see where you stand with regard to national benchmarks and, you know, decide, you know, are we in a good place within our health system? In which case, that's an opportunity now to toot your horn back to your health system to say, hey, we're appropriately using imaging, or do we have some work to do? And the time, of course, to um, do that, well, the best time would have been in the past, um, but the second best time is now once um, you are armed um, with that information. And this impacts a lot of radiologists. I mean, if you're in, you know, CMS, I think, was pretty uh, far. Fall- and targeted with regard to identifying those 67 markets and again I think this is probably going to apply to the heart and all the other bundles that Danny um, mentioned but you know if you're in Florida there's seven different I believe um, population centers that by quick sort of eyeball count of a population map is probably 75% of all the radiologists in the state of Florida Um, so there's a lot of people um, who are impacted um, and you know they can influence whether this works for them or against them if they get engaged now
0: So then how can radiologists ensure that they are getting an appropriate share of the savings under these payment models?
2: So I think the key piece there is not to wait until two years down the road when your hospital finds out that it got penalized under a joint replacement bundle or again, I'm using that because that's the example that's getting the most attention or any of the other bundles that Danny talked about. Two years down the road when your hospital administration comes back to you and say, hey, we got dinged financially on these bundles because imaging is being used injudiciously within our market. That's not the time to you know, really meaningfully impact things because you're in a defensive position at that point. I think that the, the, the time, of course, and again, I sound like a little bit of a broken record, the time is now. Again, look at those tools you know, to figure out how do you get your appropriate share down the road is to figure out where you stand right now. I mean, you can wait and be passive and then in two years find out, oh, gee, we really did poorly and now my hospital administrators are breathing down your back. Or you can figure out right now, hey, I'm in a good position or not. And so I look at a lot of these things. I try, you know, when I talk to radiologists, you know, we've been very good in our careers about studying for the MCAT, studying for the boards, all those types of things. You know, no radiologist shows up in Louisville, Kentucky for his or her oral boards and says, oh, let me just find out how I'm going to do today. What he or she does is start boards review, you know, first day of the residency, Um, Start doing tests, and of course, we've moved electronic, but the equivalent is there. Figure out where they stand, figure out where they need to improve, and I would um, urge them to use those same types of behaviors that have worked so well in their professional development also to work on the business side of their practices.
0: Great. This has been an incredibly insightful discussion, and I know that a lot of questions that are out there about it, so thank you very much, both, for joining us today and providing your insights. Appreciate it.